Matt McInerney, New York. Andy Mangold, Baltimore, Maryland. Dan Auer, San Francisco. It's September 18th, 2014. This is On The Grid, episode 82. This week on the show, we talked about what happens when your work starts to define you. Here we go. So we sent out beta invites for day's work this week. Finally, it's been two years of working on it since it's been like ready to go. We've been using it ourselves for two years. I didn't know it's been two years. Oh, because you started it for your own internal purposes, right? Yeah. So we started it for our own internal purposes and we got it working for our own internal purposes two years ago. So I think we started it like two and a half years ago, maybe something like that. Uh, So it's been a real long time coming. But we're yep. finally sending out beta invites to people we don't know and have never met. So that should be interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we're hoping to actually have it be a real thing by the end of the year. I'm talking to potential advertisers to find places we can maybe advertise it and actually find a real market for it. It's very exciting. I'm bristling with excitement over here at the office. Wait, advertisers, then you're going to advertise the product on like, I don't know. What are those? There's like fancy ad networks where they love mm-hmm. design stuff. Those yeah, things? You get the designer ad networks. You got podcasts. The deck. The deck. That's what I'm mm-hmm. trying to say. Mm-hmm. There's the deck. There's Carbon Made. There's InfluAds. Um, we're looking at various podcast advertising. I think podcast is a good market too. Uh, we're looking at Twitter and Facebook advertising. Could be so incestuous. You could pay yourself to pod- advertise on this podcast. That's true. We could. Um, or just pay me for what we're talking about right now. We could also do that. I, I got to say, Twitter's advertising is really, really interesting. Like, it's very clear that Twitter has spent a lot of their design and development talent working on their, like, panel for advertisers. So we kind of poked oh. around a little bit just to see what it was like, and it's really well thought out and really quite beautiful. Um, it was kind of a pleasure to kind of jump around and see how Twitter advertising works. So we're formulating a plan. I feel like um, I'm very excited about this because it's the first time we've had a product that's actually possibly going to be a sustainable business model. And because of that, it's the first time we can ever really justify advertising a product. You know, sure. we can't justify advertising WikiWeb, even if we make five bucks off of everybody that buys it. You know, most advertising places, you're paying around a buck per click. So unless our conversion ratio is like 20% people visit the website, buy the app, it's not going to be profitable. So this is the first time where we have a, a subscription model. We have a, a huge lifetime value for each potential customer. So advertising is going to happen, and I am very excited about it. That is very exciting. I know. Actually, out of curiosity, how do you advertise on Twitter? Like, what are you paying for exactly? Uh, so you like sign up for their advertising thing, and then you basically get to start campaigns. And campaigns can have very specific goals. Um, so, for example, you can have a campaign to get more followers. You can have a campaign to get clicks on a link. Um, you can have a campaign to get app downloads specifically. Uh, and this will change what the ad looks like in the actual Twitter uh, you know, feed. Uh, for example, we have the ability on Twitter just to press one button and download an app, basically, take you right to the app store. Um, okay. And so there's, there's other ones as well. There's a few other. Uh, there's ones for like uh, increasing conversation and like engagement. And then basically, you pay per whatever thing you said was your goal. So if you say your goal is to get followers, you end up paying for however many followers you get from the campaign. If you say your goal was to get clicks on a link, you end up paying for those clicks, essentially. Um, and it's really kind of interesting how it all works out. Um, you know, it's very much like Facebook or Google AdWords, where you kind of like schedule things and you set budgets, and then it kind of just like sticks them in wherever it works. But the really impressive thing is that in order to like identify an audience, you can just like put in a bunch of Twitter handles who like you think are people that are popular amongst the people you're interested in reaching. Uh, and then it kind of like works backwards and finds all of their followers and shared followers oh. and topics and stuff, uh, which is a really compelling wow. way to do that because I That's was trying to figure out like 
you know, how are we going to target people that need to track time? And then, of course, I just put a bunch of like famous software developers, but like Marco Armin in there, people that are, you know, developers and designers tend to follow. Uh, and I think yeah. it's going to be a really good way to actually target the market. So it's, it's very fun. I'm, I'm enjoying learning about this. Cool. Interesting. Well, good for you, Andy. Congratulations on almost having a thing out. Yeah, soon we're going to spend a bunch of money on it, and then maybe we'll never make it back. But uh, it's going to be, it's, it's our first real shot at a real sustainable product. So if we fail, no one can say we failed for not having a reasonable business model. There you go. It will only be the fault of our designers and developers who build a bad product. <laughs> <laughs> we can point the fingers squarely at ourselves. Yeah, no, I, I've literally just been playing the same video game all week. Um, it was well, a new, what is this video game at least? Uh, it's not. I, I, I saw Desert Golf in like a screenshot. I know mm-hmm. you guys were talking about it. I mm-hmm. still don't know what it is. It's so. the best game ever. Okay, so I guess I'll download that. Uh, no, it's, been, a, it's a game where you golf in the desert yeah. and you just do it forever okay. and it just keeps adding points. Is it the best game ever? It's a, an addictive game and it's fun, but... No. Is there something deeper that I'm missing, Andy? It's just a golf game that continues forever. Yeah, it's not the best game ever. You're right. Minecraft is the best game ever. We'll get to that later. That but Desert Golfing is a pretty Desert Golfing is a pretty great mobile uh, game. Uh, Matt, what what hole are you on? How do I know what hole I'm on? I'm a, I know what number of points that I have, and it's like 700 points. Well, you look which at is the, not you look at the flag. You look at the flag oh. to see what hole you're on. Well, I never noticed that. I didn't even pay attention. Do you want me to tell you right now? I can figure there's it out. Only, there's only two numbers on the whole screen. Yeah, yeah. So what hole are you on? I'm curious. Well, I clearly don't pay attention to the second number. 188. Gotcha. gotcha. What hole are you on? Um, 2052. <laughs> Holy shit. You guys well, paid $2 whoops. for this? Just to smack a desert golf ball? You have to, you have to give it a shot before, before, you, before uh, you talk shit on it, Dan. Gosh, how did... Mm, okay. Fine, I'll pay the two dollars. Whatever. No, I was playing another game called Destiny. It came out uh, mm, last okay. Tuesday. Yeah, I, I have no idea what this is. What is Destiny? Okay, so that was Halo back in the day. The whole Halo franchise. Have uh, you heard started. of Halo, Matt? I have played some Halo. Halo. In my day. Yeah. So anyways, Halo was made by Bungie. It's now made by three, Bungie. three or whatever. But Bungie has gone off, and this is supposed to be the spiritual successor or whatever. But um. Oh, the game's fantastic, and I think I've already clocked about 30 hours in it since Thursday. Wow. Thursday night? Yeah. So, it's good. Um, you know we're kinda... recording on a Thursday, Dan, so did you clock 30 hours today somehow? Did you enter, like, a time warp? <laughs> no, 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 last Thursday. Okay. Yeah. So, I've had a week to be able to clock almost a full full employment's worth of time in the game. That's very wow. impressive. Yeah. So, you pretty kinda... much just go to work and then play the game. Yeah, well, okay, whenever Angie's not playing it, too. So it works. Oh, that's, oh, that's nice, though. Yeah, like we're that. currently fighting over the Xbox, which is not fun, but at the same time, it is kind of fun. Can you not play co-op? Just get two Xboxes. Two no. TVs, two video games. No, no, you're joking. There are people doing that. Like, couples? That's not surprising. Yeah. yeah, and there's other people that want to be able to play co-op locally, and they will just go get two, like, LED TVs, two Xboxes, which are in $400 a pop and then the game which is 60 or 100 bucks depending on which version you get that's insane it is kind of insane yeah but anyways I, I've lost my life to that game as with other uh, games like Minecraft in the past you've explained and I still don't understand what it is yeah okay so um, uh, Halo was an FPS first person shooter 
Um, World of Warcraft is an MMO. It's a massive multiplayer online. And then there's RPGs, which are role-playing games. Yeah. Um, where you, like, level up and, and that sort of thing. This game is practically all three. They'll add all the letters together. It's a... Yeah. Uh, it's a FPS MMO RPG. Smuggerbird. Yeah, Sounds like exactly. Andy just said Mark Zuckerberg. He's a Zuckerberg. He's the inspiration for, for all of the... <laughs> Destiny game, yeah, the yeah Destiny Two, the latest Mark Zuckerberg. Your destiny to be in charge of a website that's the biggest company. Do you like this game? Do you like this game? Oh, I see what you did there. Uh, I get it. I didn't I get it until you said that. So it sounds like you boys did not do your research for today's show. What does that what? mean? I think I did. How many hours Probably of Minecraft did you play right before we started recording? I put Ooh. in plenty of hours of Minecraft I've in my life. I mean, I, don't need I mean to, today. I don't need to put in any more today. Oh, well, yeah. I just played for three hours before we started recording, so... Wow, okay. I'm ready to go. Well, good for you. Good work. I have what's called a job, and I uh, yeah. go to my job, and then I come home and I podcast. I don't have got time for Minecraft in between. For sure. You know, but I got time for that. I'm building a big ladder into space. <laughs> <laughs> well... No, so, I mean, we're, we're talking, I want to talk about, uh, Matt, why don't you bring this up, because I know that you were talking about it on Twitter, and you kind of see this, this whole situation with uh, Minecraft and Microsoft as kind of the spiritual successor to what we talked about last week. Sure. Well, the reason I brought this up, well, here's the thing, Andy. Clearly, I've been trying to wash my hands of this, this episode last week, because yep, I true. feel very self-conscious about Me it. Me too. Um, as do you, because I feel like... We talked about Berg in a way. In one, I was not nearly as educated as I could have been about them. I probably like I feel like I watched a couple of videos or read a couple of things when you brought it up. Then we talked about it for a little while. And we pretty much just like framed them as the little printer guys. That's kind of how I feel like they came across. Even though I know we said that there's writing, there are other things. We like offhandedly mentioned the smart washer. Um and then I kind of looked up even more stuff after the show. Maybe felt like I didn't we didn't really give uh a, enough of a picture of like the cloud api and some of the like signage projects the like digital signage projects that they worked on and there are a lot of really interesting things that i was like well maybe i get it a little bit more than i feel like there just wasn't the voice of the other side on the last show there's andy asking a very i think actually a really good question and i just didn't feel like there was the berg defender um and then i read this notch article which i'll get to in a second and realized well perhaps we framed berg in this last episode as simply the concept of like frivolous thing that fails which i was like after reading all the articles and watching some more videos i felt was really unfair so then i started to feel really bad about maybe that was just framing them as this concept that is kind of easily dismissed as opposed to a lot of hardworking people um and the reason you know i thought of that specifically is because of this notch article um and i should notch article like notch uh letter of resignation is that a better way of putting it sure Notch stepped down from Minecraft this week, which is a big deal because Notch is the guy who started Minecraft, who created kind of a cultural phenomenon, who then became kind of the symbol for not just that, but I think in a lot of ways, the symbol for independent gamers or independent game developers, and then sold to Microsoft. Was it this week or last week? It was this week. It was confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. So sold to Microsoft and I'm sure has been getting a lot of hate, but, uh, in his resignation letter, posted this video, posted to this video called This is Phil Fish, 
Bill Fish being the developer of Fez and kind of like the representation of everything that is evil in indie gaming. And this video, do, this video does a very good job of explaining how somebody can go from being a human being to being a concept, even when it's unwarranted fame. Like the example the video uses, the opposite side of it being Nickelback, where it's like, okay, they kind of stepped into this fame and know all of the things that are going to go with it. They sign a record contract. They're in a band seeking fame. Like all those things make sense. And then here's an example, Phil Fish, who makes a game, becomes famous, not real, like, maybe you get, get, you try to become famous making a game, probably not though, like, not really on him that he became famous, but then becomes a symbol for everything that everybody seems to hate, and is completely ignored as a human being. And so it seems that Notch is kind of stepping down because he's become this symbol for something that is so much bigger than him, and he just doesn't want to deal with that anymore. And I thought that was really interesting for someone to just come out and say it as honest as that. Like there is the like our new incredible journey letter from the Minecraft people talking about how nothing's going to change as they go over to Microsoft, which, you know, I don't think anyone really thinks is true. But I just thought the notch letter was so much more interesting about someone really addressing the issue of, well, now I'm stuck with this huge giant monster that represents so many things to so many people. And honestly, I'm just a person who wants to make games. I can't even deal with this. There's a lot to unpack here, for sure. There's a lot so going if, on right if, there. If you're listening to this and you're like, who's Notch? What's a Minecraft? What's a Fez? Who's Phil Fish? So should we back up for well, a second? Maybe they should just, if you don't know any of these things. Or should we just say, go read it. Click on the link. Just go read Notch's article. It's in the show notes. Uh, that'll give you enough information to sort of inform the conversation. Um, I kind of want to respond in, in order there. Um, sure. First of all, last week, we were definitely talking about an idea and not the people that make up Berg. Um, I think we didn't have any personal assaults or any, uh, you know, indications that they were bad designers or bad people in any way. Um, we were very clearly talking about the idea of a design studio that does innovative new things that don't necessarily fit into the world, into a business model, and whether or not there's value in that. Um, yes. So, so yes, I think we definitely were talking about the idea in the same way that Notch is talking about people talking about him as an idea, although we weren't doing it in a negative like a kind of trolley way, which I think is kind of what, what Notch is, is referring to. Um, I do also wish that uh, one of you had had a stronger opinion that Berg was a great, amazing asset to the world, because it probably would have been a better episode last time. And maybe you could yeah, have just told me I to do wish maybe, maybe one day somebody can explain it better as to why they are as great. Like, I very much appreciate them more so than I did before, but I still don't know if it's like a beacon of hope for design in the world that has been crushed. I'm not sure if I would go... You know, as far as some of the reactions I think you posted. So, hey, podcast listeners, let us know, because I actually haven't I haven't really seen any feedback about that. So who knows? Maybe no one really feels that way. But it seems like a lot of people do. Yeah. I, I mean, I asked people on Twitter, actually, to try. I like was like, hey, can you explain this to me? Like, I'm, I'm seeing a bunch of people being really, you know, very sad about this. And I'm trying to understand exactly why. And, and no one really explained it to me in a way that was satisfactory, at least. Um, I mean, it's Twitter. It's only 140 characters. So then there's this whole Minecraft gets bought by Microsoft thing. 2.5 billion, pretty sizable price tag. Um, I, I kind of want to actually like step this out a little even further than this. Um, I think that you know what Notch was talking about and the video he referenced for Phil Fish um, gets at, like you said, this kind of big idea of this kind of idea of internet celebrity and what happens when 
you become sort of like inadvertently very minorly famous in a small niche community and all of a sudden people have expectations of you and treat you less like a human and more like an idea. Um, I think this is happening in even much smaller ways than, than Notch or Phil Fish too. There's been quite a few articles from people on Twitter in the past couple of weeks of people that just can't handle Twitter anymore and are totally changing the way they use it. Um, they find it to be uh, much too loud and, and shouty and there's too many people around jumping into conversations. There's no longer kind of a safe place for friends to meet each other and, and talk about things. Um, I'll provide, I'll put links in the show notes. The specific ones I'm talking about are, are Frank Shimero and Aaron Kassan. Uh, I think it's how you pronounce her last name. Sorry if that's wrong. Um, so I, I do want to talk about this idea of, you know, what what is the ramification of being popular on the internet and is that something that I, where, where this really interests me is is specifically to Notch and I guess Phil Fish too, um, where like being a creative person and making something that people really loved put him into this position. Um, and it seems like, as far as I'm concerned, being a creative person, like a, a core a core facet of being a creative person is like wanting others to to use your thing, to be impacted by your work. Uh, I don't think it really counts as creativity to me if you're just kind of sitting in a corner doing something for yourself all day and never showing anybody. Uh, and with the internet, if you do something that's great and really resonates, the, the and outcome can always be this thing where all of a sudden you become a character. Um, so what, what did you all think of Notch's letter? I just, right off the bat. And Matt, you said that you thought it was a very open, honest, kind of refreshing thing, right? Is that your take? Yeah, I kind of appreciated it for what it was. Like, I'm sure, I'm, I can very much imagine why he's getting a lot of hate on Twitter and, and exactly why he posted that Phil Fish thing. But um, I appreciated that he was very honest with everybody and said, look, I've always been a game developer. I want to continue to be a game developer. This is, I can't do it anymore because this thing has gotten so beyond me. I'm stepping down. And by stepping down, we do mean taking $2.5 billion oh, and yeah. stepping down. Like, just no, so we're no clear. Doubt. He's making a ton of money. <laughs> yeah. I get that. But also, like, he could totally decide to take $2.5 billion and run the company. You know what I mean? Like, there are, there would be, I'm sure there are plenty of other opportunities for him to make a ton of money and also still be a part of Minecraft. Oh, he was, I mean, he um, was already making a ton of money just being a part of Minecraft. It's not like some right. weird startup like Instagram. Like, they were making money like, hand I don't think, over fist. Like, I don't think he's making $2.5 money, but I think he could have, I think he could also have sold it for a lot of money and still been working on it if he wanted to. Yeah. But he made a very specific decision about this. Yeah, so, but at the same time, he, he had not actually been working on Minecraft for a very long time at this point. He actually handed it off to Jeb. That was what, at least two years ago. So I actually do. I follow it close enough to know that, th to remember when that happened. Yeah, me too. Um, so yeah, I do remember that. So yes, I guess that's true, but he was part of Mojang, but I think he was just developing his own games there. Right. Uh, it seemed like he I had mean, put he out was, little games under the brand. Like, he tried uh, one space game. I can't remember. It's like letters and numerals just kind of smashed together. And then he did a bunch of Ludum Dares, which are basically okay. like game hacks. So that was it. Matt, I think he was still kind of a, a stakeholder a little bit in the vision of Minecraft, almost like a, a chairman or something of what, where it was happening. And I don't think he was totally hands washed of it. Um, right. Dan, what do you think of this letter? Uh, so Matt has the opinion that this is like kind of a cool, refreshing, honest take from somebody who is in this position of power. And usually people in these positions tend to be a lot more political and kind of measured in their language. He's being very blunt and just saying, I don't want this anymore. I'm leaving it. So what do you think, Dan? Uh, honestly, I actually feel comparatively, it's um, even more common collected than some of the other people in the gaming industry who have done the same thing. Uh, even when Phil Fish decided that he was going to tell people at least three times that he was done with gaming, 
it was always very loud, very emotional, um, all over the internet. And, and well, Phil Fisher I mean, is kind of notoriously an asshole, and we're not just kind of like a big teddy bear of a man. Well, sure, but the only difference is that um, Phil Fish is loud and opinionated, which automatically labels him as an asshole, where Notch has always been a very much more quiet person. So I just think the presentation is most most of the difference between um, like the two of them being comparative, leaving whatever that they were working on. So uh, when I read it, it was actually, it just felt super sincere and something that like, I, I totally appreciate it. And it's something that like, if, if you follow him on Twitter and you read his blog and you keep up enough with him, it's pretty expected that he would say something like that. Um, so when it came out, I was actually not shocked that he was going to leave or, or the reasons why he was leaving. So, uh... I'm very, very conflicted on this whole letter. My, my gut reaction was like, wow, this is very honest. And, you know, I, I think I believe him. Like, I totally believe that he's just, he says in the last line, it's not about the money. It's about getting my sanity back or something. And, you know, usually if somebody just cashed a check for $2.5 billion and then said it's not about the money, I'm not really likely to believe them. But uh, from- that's actually the interesting part to me is like, like that part was in the back of my mind reading it, and I still aired on the side of like I'm pretty sure he's telling the truth here. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I from following him and kind of these tribulations over the past few years, like I, I totally feel that he does really want to just not have this be part of his life anymore. Uh, and obviously, it will be to a certain degree, no matter what he does. But he kind of wants to get out of the spotlight in some ways. But I, I there's like two ways you can read this letter. One way is like not just super great he's honest he's you know just a guy trying to live his life and we've expected too much of him and scrutinized him too much and uh, now he's going to kind of like give it up and i applaud him for writing an honest letter and the other way to think about it is like imagine this letter being written by like a, a startup founder that just got their thing acquired for 2.5 billion and they're like "Ooh, yeah you know just made a bunch of money uh wanted to get out of this thing because people were being awfully you know they were scrutinizing me a lot they were asking a lot of questions and you know making sure i did the right thing all the time and that sure sucked and uh you know it, there was a there was a small part of the letter that sounded like he was kind of at least blaming people a little bit for for liking the game a lot like he said like i don't want anything to be popular if i make something else that becomes popular i'll abandon it immediately uh, there was, I felt a little bit blamed in some ways for reading that. And then I just kind of felt like maybe you're just a rich entitled guy that is mad that people are now paying attention to what you do so closely that you can't get away with, for example, having a messed up terms of service in your game, if that's the case. Um, and that seems like a very reasonable read to it to me as well. Um, whether you're like emotionally upset about Minecraft being bought Microsoft or not, uh, I, yeah. I, I like, really, the only difference between Notch and, like, the founder of Instagram uh, is that the founder of Instagram was very specifically trying to get rich, uh, and Notch says he wasn't. He just wanted to make games, and he happened to get rich by accident. Um, but other than that, like, you're still looking at a company that got acquired for a shit ton of money and somebody who's walking away with a huge stake in it. Uh, and to walk away on the sort of note of, I got, you know, harassed and scrutinized a bunch, and it really sucked and changed my life, and I'm kind of sour about it, and now I'm going to go make games and it's kind of all your faults uh it's, it's kind of how i read that and that's a very different way to read that letter i think and i don't, I don't know which one is the right one yeah I, it's, I, you know i never thought of it that way but when you just add the startup context it changes it a lot and i don't know why actually can you explain why i don't know why it just changes my opinion of it pretty drastically well i mean the the startups that get acquired the startups that are built to get acquired you know from day one they're 
eyeing Facebook or Google and they're trying to you know do one part of their product a little better in the hopes they'll get acquired someday and basically cash out. Um, that leaves a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths, especially if it's a product you come to know and love and you're a user of it. And then, you know, you find out the whole time, basically, it was just a bunch of people trying to get rich off of essentially using you and your, your dedication to the product and whatever sort of capital you invested into it, be it emotional or, or fiscal. Um, so I, I think there's just, you know, there's a, there's a bad taste in people's mouth from a lot of the startups that have been acquired. And it's a lot of the rich getting richer, usually, you know, he's, privileged white dudes that are starting companies and taking a bunch of money from friends and family and then selling them for more money. And, you know, there's, it's kind of a symbol of a lot of the class problems that are going on in this country in some ways, I think. Yeah, but I, uh, I feel like, I feel like that's a shallow comparison though, because the, uh, when you look at Mojang, the whole point of it wasn't to sell out in a year or two or as fast as they could. The point of it was to make games that were fun. Yeah. And they've said that repeatedly. And, and, that and even with the mentality, yeah, and if you look at the mentality of startup founders that are looking to be able to do the, the rich quick schemes, they're pretty open about it. And even when they try not to be, it's just the way that they present themselves is often mm-hmm. the way that like the like this is going to burn out pretty quick. So I hope I cash out. No, um, I, and so, I, you're totally right, Dan, and and that's kind of what I'm saying. Like the only difference is really the intent. The end result is that Minecraft sold out in a matter of a few years for 2.5 billion dollars to a giant company. Like if you look sure. at the what actually happened, it's the ideal course of action for some douchebag founded startup. Uh, and I, I'm not questioning the the intent of the Mojang people. I don't think Notch ever sent out to make a game that made 2.5 billion dollars, but he did. And then to like leave to exit with this kind of letter that implies that like your life's been really hard and changed for the worse for all the hundreds of millions of dollars you were making from this game that you made that changed the world that everyone loved uh is kind of like the peak of entitlement in some ways uh, yeah but so uh, i'm i'm gonna try to see if i can see it through his lens um what i'm assuming is that his mentality well okay he's said this a few times is that he wanted to make something that was like indie game famous not worldwide like used as a platform to help people like build stuff thing and if the mentality was just like you know like 10 or 20,000 people to really enjoy the game is way different from millions of people going in and spending literally days of their lives uh playing this game and i i think he probably has the mentality that because all that happened, there's a lot of responsibility that happens that he just didn't want to have to consider. And that it kind of soured the, the initial thing that he had is that I could potentially quit my day job and get to make things that I really enjoy. And now that like that's gone overboard, it's kind of killed the idea that he could still have fun making games. Well, I can frame this in a really easy context. Like, it's it just it I can relate to this because it seems the same way is like, hey, OK, so what's his mission statement? Uh, I want to make fun games. OK, he did that. Now what? Oh, this game is so big that I only can dedicate my life to like keeping it up and like responding to people who are upset about a certain thing. Well, am I making fun games? No, I'm not. So I'm going to leave like no money. Money aside doesn't matter. Yeah. Like in my own life, I can imagine saying, hey, you know what I want to do? I want to design stuff um great now i'm designing stuff oh the more i design stuff the more people want me to manage other stuff that's not what i got in this if this for i want to keep designing more stuff yeah. oh but there's more money in management mm, don't want to keep designing stuff like if you just like imagine the focus to be very narrow yeah 
it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. yeah I had sure. a mission. I want to keep doing my mission. And, and that's, and to be clear, I'm kind of playing the devil's advocate here because I, I want you to know, be a You know, I know you are. I just forth. think it's... I don't really I, know I, how I feel about it. I just suspect that that's real. Like, I suspect that that might be it. Yeah, but the thing is, like, if you're making hundreds of million dollars, as Minecraft was, like, you don't have to do the shit you don't want to do. Like, you can hire all the people in the world to be the best support staff in the whole world. If you're really bummed out by the tweets you're getting, you can get off Twitter. Like, there's all sorts of ways that you can like combat this scrutiny that you're facing and still do the thing or not even do the thing he could totally of you know publish an article i'm leaving mojang i'm washing my hands of minecraft i'm glad it exists i want to continue to exist but i don't want to be uh, uh, responsible for this anymore uh, and that could have happened totally independent of being bought out for 2.5 billion dollars um, yeah. and again i'm not being critical like by all means like if you're going to get out and there's as far as I'm concerned, in terms of people that create stuff, like this man is deserving of a fucking shit ton of money because Minecraft is the most beautiful, amazing thing, and it's such an incredible impact on the world. Like I'm glad he's got rich off of it, frankly. Um, but it's just like there's two things at play here. One thing is like you just made a shit ton of money, and one thing's like oh, I'm leaving because it's hard. Um, and I also like there's elements of this to me as well that remind me of like you know, like what Anita Sarkeesian is doing with her feminist frequency videos and all mm -hmm. of the horrible, horrible vitriol and straight up violence and rape threats and murder threats she gets on Twitter every single day. Uh, mm -hmm. But she truly believes in this message she's getting out there. So she's continuing to subject herself to this horrible, horrible onslaught of just terrible shit from horrible people because mm -hmm. she really believes in getting this message out there. Uh, and when you start, when you compare something like that and a, a woman like that who's doing that kind of thing to like the scrutiny that Minecraft got and not specifically mentions like a bunch of people tweeted at me about a terms of service change I had nothing to do with. Uh, like it's really hard to be like, yeah, you've got a really tough life on the internet. You, know, you really need to get out of it. Um, but, but, but actually, well, actually hold up for one second though, yeah. because actually it's an interesting comparison because while those like, while the f critical feedback they're getting, <laughs> if that's how you want to call it, uh, if, if whatever like vitriol they're getting online even if they're not really comparable, there's a major difference there in that she is the symbol for something that she believes in. Like, I mean, not that we can get in her brain and actually tell, but I, I think it's fair to say she believes in the message that she's putting out in the world. Whereas Notch, I don't think he does. I think Minecraft has come to represent something for people that who, like, I'm well, the, the thinking it's pretty clear he didn't intend. But, so why does he have to stand up for a message he doesn't want to stand up for? But going back to your what you were talking about earlier, Matt, like Notch wanted to be able to make a game. He made the game. Like it, it, it's it's done at that point. Right, he, he doesn't just, he doesn't need to defend anything further. He he, he did it. Yeah, and right? for Anita, like she's still at the point where like social equality in gaming is not done. So that's why nor she's, will that ever be done. Yeah. So it of course she's gonna still keep going because it's something that she wants to see actually happen it's just not nearly at the place that it needs to be yet so i don't even think it's a course i just think there is a major difference there like i could i also think it would be fair if if someone in that position said i am done because this is too much and i still believe in everything but like rape threats are beyond the point of this being okay anymore exactly i would understand that but i just think there's a difference in what they stand for and actually, Notch just doesn't stand for whatever it is, whatever Minecraft represents. And what it ultimately comes down to for me is like what the ramifications are for a creative person. And I think Anita is very much a creative person. She's producing these videos and putting these things together. That's as much creativity as designing and building games is. And it's like, as a creative person, 
and maybe maybe you disagree with me. Like, do you feel like the seeking of an audience and the the wanting your work to have some kind of impact on somebody somewhere is like a integral part to being creative, or is that a totally separate endeavor? No, I actually don't think I don't think that has anything to do with creativity, but I do think it has to do with like I don't I don't really know how what the definition is like something like I don't think you're doing design work if nobody can see it. But I don't think like I think you could you could be creative in a vacuum and put your paintings in a closet and still be like wildly creative even if nobody sees it. But I do think that there's I, I but I do think there is something else to being a creative person that is having your work be seen publicly. I just don't think that's the definition of it. No, it's definitely not all of it. But to me, it's always been like a hugely important part of it. And that's just from my perspective. It's like I, I see very little, if any, value in creating something just for me. Uh, like I really want to impact other people and kind of like design and, and creativity for me has always been something I kind of push outside of myself. Like how can I yeah, give this to somebody else in some way? Uh, and it, I think that's I fair. think that's true. Even of Notch and in his letter himself, he admits that if he you know makes another game and it becomes popular, he'll just abandon it immediately. If he truly didn't care about an audience, he would just never show it to anybody. He would just make the game and play it himself and that would be it. But he clearly wants some people to play it. Like he's making games for other people to a certain degree. Uh, and it's just like this weird, you became, you want to be popular, but you don't want to be too popular because if you get too popular, then you're held to some standard and people start to ask a lot of you. And yeah, yeah. it's, but, but, but here's the thing, like, it's, I don't know if that's crazy though. Like, what if your goal is to make a mid-sized thing? Yeah. Like if you said like, I want to run like a small company and I want to keep it small and manageable, no one would be like, you're crazy. Um, like we just assume that. Like, okay, you have a game out in the world. Like, the automatic is that it had, like, of course you want it to be the biggest thing in the entire world. And, like, he's just making his mission statement pretty clear. Yeah, and, and on top of that, like, he's, you got to think about it. Like, there was a scenario earlier earlier that if he didn't want to have to deal with Twitter drama, he could get off. Um, well, I, I know and, it's not a good thing or, to say because I, well, the, people shouldn't be I expected know. to crawl into a hidey hole just because people are being mean to them. It's not their fault. I get it, but... I know, but from his his point of view, too, like... There was so much pressure on him just as like this this persona that whatever second game in quotes he's made way other games way way more games um that he was going to put out the second big game that had to be just as successful as minecraft and that's a huge amount of pressure for something that sold tens if not hundreds of millions of copies at this point uh across and all the different there's also the thing of like when you get to a point of being so popular, you can't do anything exciting. Like you're, you're stuck being IE five and now you have to make IE five over and over and over again so that no, I don't, continue to I don't think the that's, same way. that's fair. Like to me, why is that not fair? Because nobody is, he could do something totally different, unexpected. And the worst thing that happens is no one likes it. It's not like there's going to be actual problems from doing a new and unexpected thing. All right. That's fair. And to me, it's like, this I, I can't shake the feeling this is people this is like the equivalent of someone being like oh gosh I can't decide whether to drive the Jaguar or the Mercedes to work it's really hard having all these cars like here's a guy who's got a built-in audience for anything he does there's, there's legions of people that are willing to try things and experience whatever he's creating and I gotta feel like almost anybody out there that's making games or apps or websites or anything would kill for a, a built-in audience like that. Uh, and yes, you can find the, the negative side of every single coin in the world if you flip them over enough. But is this I, I just it seems so I, I guess what it comes down to is like if, if this is if truly like it is totally justifiable that and obviously, like, I, I don't mean to say that the guy shouldn't make decisions he wants to make. It just 
it, ultimately, it seems like there's a contradiction to me in in what's happened here, where he's like, I wanted to make a game, it was great, too great, too many people, too many questions, blah, blah, blah. I'm taking $2.5 billion and I'm walking away. Um, so the, the, the bleak side of it is like, the world is such a shitty, horrible place that if you are exposed to enough human beings that everybody, you, you will inherently just be in a, a bad place. Like, there's, there's no... There's no being this popular and this kind of idealized and, and looked up to without, uh, you know, going insane, basically. Um, yeah. Right. And I, I guess it could be, I think the comparison that the guy in the Phil Fish video makes to, like, actual celebrities, like movie stars and, you know, people that have, for better or worse, seem to have sought the spotlight. Um, I don't know. Like, is that how it works in, in acting? Are there people that, like, are great actors and would love to be acting in shows but have chosen not to because they don't want people to take pictures of them when they're eating with their kids? Uh, is, is, has that happened, or is it just... Well, it certainly happened that people have, like, stepped out of the spotlight. That certainly happened, yeah. Um, I, I do think it's a little bit different because there's kind of, like, a very clear expectation that if you get very good at this craft, then you're going to become famous. Um, but I but, think I think what's happening here is that's the new expectation of anything. Like if I guess that's true. Like if you're on the internet and you're making anything, uh, and it's good enough that this many people care about it, this this new this new celebrity is a thing that could possibly befall any of us hypothetically. So I mean, a- another point of this though is that I think there's a special factor just for the gaming community, um, mostly because like there's a lot of the stuff around social equality is mostly negative, just because of how people have decided to act about it decide to react about it um there's other things that are just really really toxic in the community i mean there's even stuff like have you guys heard about swatting oh yeah i yeah. have yes. I yeah have so it, okay so swatting okay Pretty fucked up yeah so for people Actually, who don't know majorly fucked yeah up. um that a good example is that there are streamers on twitch oh wait um, no i saw this this is crazy keep talking yeah, about so it. yeah so basically uh there are instances where people uh decide to be able to find out where twitch streamers are streaming from uh how they figure that out i don't know i don't really care but then they will go and actually call the cops um and and basically say there's a terrorist threat on the people who are streaming playing a video game on the internet and then because they're streaming it's all live and on the internet where you literally have a swat team busting into your house or in your workplace with a gun at your head um and uh, it's things like that when you look at that you really realize that the video gaming as a community is a special flower that like <laughs> if you're not prepared to have to deal with stuff like that the potential of doing that then don't even bother and i could even i could totally see from notch's perspective like if i keep going this stuff could start happening to me and that doesn't sound particularly interesting to me nor do i think it would be interesting to him i don't know i so i mean i think that's a very relevant point uh, dan and I, to me the video game thing is very specific to that community because I feel like a lot of people currently that are like really into the gaming community got into it as kind of a social alternative uh, and therefore were maybe bullied or, you know, somehow marginalized in their developmental years and kind of turned to games as a way to be a different person. And now those people are on the internet and have just as much to say as anybody else and are kind of lashing back out at the world that seems to have rejected them in some way. I think that's, that's kind of, I think, why we see so much uh, violence and hatred and, like, weird fucked up shit in the video game community specifically. Um, but, like, that idea that you could be a person that plays video games on Twitch 
and you get popular enough that someone decides they have some weird grudge against you such that they call essentially a SWAT team to storm your house or wherever it is you're streaming from is a pretty insane thing. Uh, and that's yeah. like a combination of this kind of new celebrity we're talking about with the weird anonymity uh, of the internet that allows you to do things that you probably wouldn't do if you had to be accountable for them uh, and kind of people that previously didn't have much of a voice now having an equally loud voice to anybody else and using it to do hateful, horrible stuff. So how do, how do we fix that? And, and again, like I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit. Like I totally respect the guy's decision to not want to do this anymore. I, I think it's important to recognize that it's like an extremely entitled position to be like, oh, I've got yeah. too much money and too many people that like my games, so I'm out. Uh, well, yeah, I, of course, I, like defend his right to, to have that opinion. Uh, but he's in a position of like incredible, incredible privilege to be able to do that. Yeah. It, like, I don't think it was an easy decision for him, him either. Um, specific, specifically, like if you saw Monday, there was a bunch of the other employees, like the community manager, um, some of the engineers, some of the other folks that were saying like, OK, the deal is done. We don't know if we still have a job. We'll find out later today. And I'm sure that. Factors like that alone, the people that are his friends or the people that he used to work with uh, potentially could lose their jobs because he decided that it was time to sell the company. Uh, I'm sure that he had to factor stuff like in, that in when, one, he was trying to sell it, and two, like if he's going to leave, that's also going to look a certain way. And ultimately, if you look at through that sort of lens, sure, it looks a little bit more selfish that he was going to say, like, I left because this doesn't feel good. Well, here, do you want me to give you a little personal anecdote that just happened this week? Sure. So, remember there was that NFL logo project a while ago? Oh, yeah. That, uh, sure do. The, got the alternatives. Fast Company. Fast co- yeah, Fast Company picked it up. And I, so I just did it for fun. And then I put it on a Tumblr because it seems silly to just not put it anywhere. Aha, an audience. Right? Right. <laughs> sure. So I got an audience. And then Fast Company picked it up and ran with it. And that was a couple years ago. And I, I know we recorded a podcast about it, talking about how that was. And, and then after that, I kind of dropped it because I was like, you know what? It's not really funny anymore. Anytime I do it, people are just like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. This is terrible. And I was like, eh, it's, if that's all it's going to be, I'm not really having fun doing it anymore. And so I stopped doing it. And then just all of a sudden this week, it was picked up by the Chive, which I'm not really that familiar with, but I'm going to assume it's just like a really big blog that just picks up something a bit of everything you guys even know what the chive is no, i've never I've heard, heard of it. it i would i just from its name i would assume it's like the onion but different but it, it sounds like it's not no i think it's like nine gag or like some I don't know what nine gag like is reddit <laughs> i'm oh, so yeah. old i don't know it's a let's just say it's a big it's a very popular blog but it resulted in a lot of hits and so i was kind of reminded of this thing that i kind of thought i was done with and I, so I just proceeded to get like, you know, things that are nice. A lot of people emailing me say, Hey, I think you should do this team that you didn't do. I think you should do this team that you didn't do. I think you should do this team. <laughs> and then I got a lot of emails of, from people saying, Hey, I really want this on a t-shirt. Like a lot of that. And you know, to my response being that like, these are all like trademark team names Can't do that, that unfortunately. I don't really own. So I ended up writing that email a lot. And then I got a lot of requests for people who like, perfectly nice people who maybe just don't understand how the process works and said hey i see you posted these logos on the internet i want this logo for my thing 
Like with no, like there wasn't even a mention of money, not even any expectation that that would happen. Like just take this like Seahawks logo you did and let me use it for my restaurant called the Seahawks somewhere. Well, actually, that was one part. But the other one was like, hey, I have a whatever company I want you to do. I really like your logos here. Will you make me a logo? Because you're a guy who just puts logos on the Internet for free. And so, like, in one way, it's very entitled for me to be like, oh, I got all this attention. And now I have to now I have like a lot of emails that I have to reply to and just say, no, 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 no. Um, but in another way, it was just like, ah, why can't this just go away? I don't want to be known for this. I'm glad I did it, but maybe not so much anymore because now I'm going to spend hours just going through emails and replying saying no, 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 or like, okay, maybe I will get to that. But by the way, I did this two years ago and I'm like, it's mostly just weird that you're looking at this now. It's kind of weird this got picked up at all, but maybe I'll pick it up again, but probably not. Or like, should I not even be bought? Like, is that all stupid? And I shouldn't even be bothered to read all the emails and I should have just washed my hands of it and been done with it and this is on me for having any feelings about it major well, factor are you getting two and a half billion for it no shit it's not a money situation but it's just, it's just a similar situation if you take the money aside and go well well you aren't you pretty privileged for getting all this attention for some of the work you've done and pushing it but look what you're doing that anecdote specifically makes me a little more aware that there's just like different things that are combining here like the one thing is making something that people like and i i have a hard time thinking that anybody should ever be upset they made something that people like for any reason uh unless you're just a really negative person and you want to spread hate and and dislike through the world um yeah sure like ultimately i'm complaining because not i'm actually not complaining about like a lot of hatred i'm complaining about a lot of people saying hey i really like this will you do more of will you do this well that's the other thing so that's the second piece is you made something people like Cool, great. Honestly, don't think anybody should ever not be okay with that, if not feel good about it. The second thing is, like, you are on the internet. You are an accessible person. Uh, and being an accessible person leads to stuff. Um, I still get weird emails all the time about shit I did a long time ago that, frankly, I don't even know where people are seeing these things. I had someone email me today that asked, I had this blog I ran when I was uh, doing my thesis at school, uh, and the person emailed me and asked what font I use in the logo for it, even though the blog has been down for a year and a half. I don't know where they even saw it. Uh, and I was like, it's not a font. It's some lettering I did. And they just responded, damn it. And I was like, okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> That's a weird email. Um, so like being a person who's like basically said, I'm accessible. I I'm willing to receive messages from the public. Your email is online somewhere, Matt, I'm sure. Um, as is mine sure. we have our twitter handles those are public they're online they're not private yep um and that it combined with doing something people like means that all of a sudden you've got this thing to deal with uh and you know you and i have it on a very very small scale someone like notch has it on a very very big scale although i don't think he had his you know actual email address online anywhere towards he the does. end of minecraft i'm sure um, no I, i'm pretty sure it's still on the site does he actually i mean i i can't i can only imagine how much email gets sent to that gets sent to that inbox um so it, it's and the question is like, you know, do we defend the right of people to do both these things, to have something that people like and to be on the Internet? And if both those things causes a problem for anybody on any scale, like what is to blame? Is it uh, the Internet's fault for breaking down these barriers and making because I mean, honestly, like people are probably objectifying you just as much as objectifying Notch, Matt. They're like, oh, here's logo guy on the Internet. I bet local guy will make me a logo. Uh, that's cool. Uh, they're not thinking about you as a person and what your job might be and what your time might be like. Uh, so even though it's obviously on a much lower, lesser scale, it's the same thing exactly we're talking about. Um, 
so the question is like, what, where is the problem there? Uh, I still don't think it's that you made the thing and people liked it. I I, I, will, I can't understand how that's yeah, a problem. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a problem at all. So I wonder, so here, even to bring it back to Berg, I do wonder like, okay, just, let's just say we're, we're talking, let's just say we're talking about designers who get famous on the internet. So here are these people that supposedly understand branding a concept, identifying a concept, and now they're known on the internet as a concept like that's the whole reason that like a visual identity works usually because you've taken this concept and made it stand for a much larger entity mm. that would be otherwise like really difficult to understand and so like now my brand is logo you know nfl logo guy uh-huh okay not what i wanted but also like maybe i should have done a better job to control that berg they're known as the little printer people because they made a thing that is while frivolous like fun and entertaining and now they're known not amongst like a group of people that pay close attention, but to the rest of the world. Okay, here's a company that just did a little printer. Is it really on us to not for not understanding, or is it on them for for putting out a product and essentially branding themselves with this thing? And and, and the reason that people know them is that is because that's the thing they did that most people liked. And I think yeah. we've all, as creative people, had the reaction of the thing I did that people liked the most of is not the thing I'm most proud of. We've talked about Jittergram on the show before. Uh, We've talked about that all the time. Like, are we responsible for controlling that, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Are we responsible for controlling? And also, is that even possible? Because it seems to me that I've never had control over that. And it it hasn't seemed possible, despite my best efforts. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's something you have control over. And to me, that's part of the fun and part of the sort of uh, reason to be a creative person is because you get to have this conversation with others and you might not know what's going to be successful or what's going to stick or what's going, but people are going to love the most. Um, and there's like a whole wide variety of types of love people can have for, for certain things. Um, so I, I don't think you can control it. Uh, and ultimately, like, I, I, I wonder in like the Berg case, if Little Printer was ultimately like kind of their demise, if they had never had something that got so popular, which raised expectations, which made people feel like they could be this kind of product company, if... They could have kept chugging along as a weird little R&D firm doing weird little stuff that most people didn't pay attention to. Um, and that, that's a whole different question. Like if, if uh, you know, the idea was so strong uh, and so interesting and compelling that it got shared, but then didn't have legs as a business and that kind of sunk a whole, a whole you know, company that was doing a variety of things, uh, that's a whole other level of kind of the, the venom of this weird idea of unwanted popularity. I think about stuff like that all the time. Like, uh, actually, here's the thing I get a request for all the time is like the trustworthiness of beer, jokey yeah, infograph. I remember that. That I would get requests all the time for print T-shirts of that and do posters of this. And like, there, like, you, certainly I could start a business of just like printing funny things. And you want to be beard graphic guy. The, that's exactly what it is. Is like I could, I know I could make money doing that, but. Then I'm that guy and I spend all my time doing that thing. And like, I'm very actually that one I'm proud of. Like, I think it's funny and I'm happy that that exists. But do I want to become the guy that just makes funny infographics, even though I'm pretty sure there's money in that? And the answer to myself is no. But like plenty of people have told me I'm stupid for not taking that money that's on the table. Yeah, but, but see, so here's the thing, Matt. What if you did become that guy and made a whole bunch of money from it for, for three or four years and then got mad at everybody for calling you that guy and left in kind of a little huff because people all just thought you were infographic guy and you're really a secret, complicated person? 
like that's the thing like for me it's like you're self-aware enough or you at least know that that's not what you want to become and it seems to me like you know notch could have slowed the growth of minecraft they could have not you know provided they could have stopped stopped people from buying it if they really thought it was getting out of control and here's a guy that's basically benefited from this extreme viral growth of this thing that he loved and built uh and now he's kind of turning turning back on and being like well uh too popular i don't like that i've already got the money on my bank account so now i'm out uh and I, again devil's advocate I, i'm not trying to be too too harsh here but uh no, no no i but but it's worth noting like that money like you're selling more than the game like you're selling your identity that's you're becoming that game like i guess i guess it's just more that maybe like there's no way he had that understanding going into it. Like it yeah. just no, it was probably a thing that so. just kept growing and growing and growing and growing. And then one day it seemed like this all happened. But maybe you should have an understanding that like if you start a thing and you're gonna ride that out, then that becomes who you are to a large majority of people. Everyone that's not your friends and family, basically. Well, actually, here's something that Andy said a while ago that I actually either want to argue or take issue with. Andy, you said that this is a position that so many people would like to be in, as if that means that he should appreciate it. Now, like, just because so many people would want to be in that position, does that have anything to do with it? Does that matter at all? Like, I feel like that's maybe the entire basis of this argument, is that a lot of other people would like that money, would like that fame, would love to have made that game. But what if he just didn't? Does that matter? No, I, I think that's I think that's the reality. Uh, and I think it's kind of a grass is greener situation where I'm sure once you've got the money, and you've got the fame, all you can see is the things that are wrong with it and the things that you wish were different. Um, I just think it's it's a uh, I struggle with it because it seems like. Uh, like if, if I were on that path somehow, which will never happen, but if if <laughs> if we started getting if. 5,000 signups every single day for day's work all of a sudden, and we were making, you know, $5 million a month. Um, I have to believe there's a million things that we could do to make that situation what we wanted it to be uh, that didn't involve essentially selling out. And ultimately, that, that's, that's what happened. Uh, and that's fine. The man has the right to sell his business. The man has the right to walk away with, with a big pile of money. God knows he's earned it. It's an amazing, amazing, amazing game that I'm so deeply in love with. Uh, but it's, I, I can't like turn the focus away from that and be like, oh, he didn't sell out. He just is really honest and really great and super sensitive and just wants to make games and no one understood him. So, well, that's not really, that's not how I see it. I don't know. I think the topic that is interesting and maybe we've addressed it because we've talked for an hour already, but like how, as a creative person, do you deal with that thing? How do you yeah, that, that, you're right, either Matt. control yep. or handle or <laughs> duck and cover? Because um, I think every single one of us is going to deal with that thing to a, a small or great degree. That you're always going to put out something in the world that got... Because here's the thing. I'm just... My take is like, I'm always going to keep putting stuff out in the world. That's not going to change. I'm not going to go hide. So I'm going to have to learn to deal with this thing. And the thing is, you don't know when the thing you do strikes a chord. And sometimes you don't know why it strikes a chord. And, and to a degree, I wonder if that means you did a bad job. If you don't know why the thing you did struck a chord. 
Um, but I- even if you managed to do it in a way that you were in complete control of, you knew what you were doing and it just takes off beyond your wildest degree to the point where it overshadows everything else. I don't have an answer for that. I don't have a, I can't think of a way to necessarily deal with that other than you just have to keep doing more stuff. And, but maybe you get stuck with the one thing that overshadows everything else. I don't know what to say about that. Uh, yeah, no, I think, I think you're right, Matt. And it- to me, there's a, there's a little difference because, you know, you and I are talking about things that we did that became popular that we think is not our best work and think does not represent the thing we'd like to be popular. And it's, I think one of the reasons that moment is so hard is because it's kind of a reckoning with the fact that most people don't care about the things you care about. Most people care about something totally different. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. you could chase the thing you love for your entire life and you're probably never going to reach as many people as this dumb thing you just did that happened to strike a chord with a bigger group of people. Um, so it's kind of a weird moment to be like, oh, I am not part of this group of people. <laughs> I am a, I'm a different group. Um, and I, I think that Notch really loved Minecraft. I, I don't doubt that. Uh, like, I, I don't think this was him being like, oh, man, I can't believe this got popular. This is shit. Um, but the question is, like, with that popularity comes a whole lot of extra baggage. And as a creative person, like, is there anything you can do as you're making something to insulate yourself from that? Is there anything you can do to... You know, is is there an example of somebody who was able to separate themselves from their work? Uh, I mean, this happens to everybody, even like, you know, to a lot of people, Sagmeister's the guy that cut the poster into his chest. And, uh, you know, these designers just become a certain thing they did that got very popular. But I feel like that's just what happens if you're a creative person and you're lucky enough to have something that strikes a chord. Uh, and as much as I'll complain about people liking Jittergram and not knowing about anything else we've done... Uh, ultimately, I'm glad it's there instead of not being there because I'm just glad that people are using stuff we've made. And I, I just don't know how to how to cope with that, I guess. Yeah, I guess it's just you have to keep, you just kind of keep putting stuff out in the world and hope that that's the thing that hits. But I think the unfortunate thing is like anybody trying to make a play, I was going to say anything that's that's beyond the shallow level, is just not going to be your most popular work. But I don't think that's fair at all. No, uh, I, I think mind. like I Minecraft back. is one of the things I turn to all the time is like, a bright spot in humanity where i'm like wait it is like people people still do <laughs> and that's why we're talking about as a symbol it's a bright spot for no humanity. it's like it's, it's a perfect example of like the fact that it got so popular like tells me that people are still at their core creative they're at their core interested in exploring and curious and all the things that i feel are like are not true when i look at all the horrible tv shows and all the way people spend their time on upworthy and other sort of shitty websites um minecraft is a thing it's like no wait there's there's hope for us yet uh, we we like this thing. We agree this was a good a good thing to have in the world. Um, so that's I mean this is an emotional subject. Minecraft is one of those games where it's just like I, I was gifted Minecraft. I didn't I didn't buy it for myself. One of my friends bought it for me in two thousand and nine or ten because uh, they played it and thought it was great and thought I would like it and knew that I wasn't gonna you know shell out fifteen bucks something I'd never played before. Uh, and then since I was gifted it, I've gifted it to probably four or five people where it's been the same situation where it's like I want you to play this game. I know you're not going to spend 20 bucks on it, but I will spend that money for you because I believe so wholly in, in this thing that you should really experience it. Um, and that, that to me is like such a special thing. There's, I can't imagine anything else where I'm like, you should have this so much, I'm going to buy it for you. I guess that happened a couple of times with the Calvin and Hobbes anthology, but um, there's not many things like that. Uh, and it's just, uh, it's hard to, ultimately, I wish we just didn't know who made it, honestly. Like if it was just an anonymous thing that happened to exist in the world, like it'd be better off for it. But that's not how the internet works, I guess. That's actually an interesting idea of just putting. But if you want to like, you want to be a creative person and keep doing creative stuff, 
then just put it out anonymously. The obvious problem being that how do you build that resume and get people to give you money from doing more stuff? But it's an interesting take on the idea. Wait, isn't that what Banksy does? Yep, it is what Banksy does, except that Banksy is also just a symbol that we now point to. It's just that the human being doesn't have to deal with it. That's true. Is that what we're saying? We just come up with a pseudonym? That's basically just the same as taking the email off your website, because for all you know, like, Dan Hour could be Banksy. Like, you could just be a made-up person with a made-up name, Oh yeah. and as long as nobody can contact you, it's really all the same, isn't it? I I do have a fantastic fake British accent. Title of this episode is Dan Hour Could Be Banksy. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Ultimately, like, nobody can be on the internet and be perceived as a real human being. Like, even people that, like, you guys were fucking characters to me until I met you in person and started doing a podcast with you. Like, <laughs> I mean, everybody on any scale is some degree of, of character. You know, no, no one is totally themselves on Twitter. Everyone has a little bit of a slight twist or they focus on one aspect of their interests or personality. Like, the, the internet is not a way to get to know people on a truly human level. And the problem here is just that a lot of people are trying to know this one guy because he did a really great thing and he seems interesting and nice and honest and open and none of those people actually know him. That's the real problem. They're just kind of speculating and painting him as this character. But that's not, that's not a thing that comes with fame. That's a thing that comes with being on the internet at all. And it's just that when you're famous, all of a sudden that becomes more of a problem than when you just have a few Twitter followers and you're hanging out on whatever network you hang out on. But that's a, that's a truth for everybody, right? Um, do we want to do a happy ending? Can a happy ending just be um, Minecraft? Can we just say, I mean, sure. like, real short. Oh, I know we've talked we... about it a lot, but Minecraft is just, if you haven't played it, you really gotta, if you haven't played it, send me an email, I'll buy you an account, because I give, give people accounts to it all the time. Um, you really just gotta play it, man. It's, uh, it's such a great example of amazing design, it's a great example of an amazing game, it appeals to all of the best parts of humanity and draws out the best in people i think more than any other game i've seen uh and just is so so enriching i think and andy just became the character on the internet that gives people free minecraft accounts so send him that email guys i'm curious i'm really curious to see how people send me an email send send them on over come on this has been on the grid episode 82 you can email the show, mail at onthegrid.co, tweet to us using hashtag onthegrid, or find us individually at MadMC, at Andy Mangold, and at Dan Hour. If you want to submit a link for us to talk about in the show, visit onthegrid.reddit.com. And if you enjoy the show, please review us on iTunes. Thanks to The Insider for the interlude music this week, and Girlfriends for the theme music. Finally, thanks to you for listening. Until next week.